0: And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom and Mind, where we dive into all aspects of perinatal mental health and wellness related to pregnancy, birth, loss, postpartum, and new parenthood. It's so much more than postpartum depression. We raise the volume on all of these topics in the hopes that someday everyone will have the support and info that they deserve before they need it. Please note this podcast is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Welcome. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. On this episode, we are going to be talking with Jessica Marisis, who is sharing her personal story. And she's going to give us some details about what happened for her over the span of several years and how she was really suffering, looking for help, trying to advocate for herself, and her providers were not hearing her and were not giving the help she needed. And her symptoms continued both with her first birth and her symptoms continued for several years between two different pregnancies and births to the point where things got really, really difficult for her. So you're gonna hear some of the things that she experienced. Some might be sensitive for some folks to hear. And also, what's really amazing is that through these years that she was suffering, she did find healing and is finding healing now. Jessica lives in Massachusetts. She is a mom to three girls, an RN, and she and her husband own two businesses. So let's welcome Jessica. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: Hi, Dr. Kat. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate you reaching out and wanting to share your story. I think it's so empowering one to be able to tell your story but also empowering for others to hear you know what people went through and how they are recovering and so I'm sure this is going to be both supportive hopefully for you but also for others yeah Yeah, so thank you for that yeah begin wherever you'd like and tell us your story from your beginning
1: oh my goodness where do I start I guess I should start off explaining that I have three girls the oldest one is my stepdaughter and then I have a six-year-old and a two-year-old So when I refer to my first baby, that's actually my six-year-old. Okay, gotcha. It can be kind of confusing. Yeah. (laughs) So my daughter was born May 4th, 2012. And the year before that, I had just finished graduating nursing school. I had married my husband, passed my board. We had bought a house. So there's kind of a lot going on.
2: Yeah, that's a lot.
1: I found out I was pregnant and I was so, so excited, like beyond excited. I was very, very nauseous. For, I would say, about 12 to 14 weeks of it, that made it tough right off the bat. It's kind of like, you know, oh, I'm sick all the time. It doesn't seem like what you think it will be.
2: Right.
1: Like, moms that have been pregnant are like, oh, you're pregnant and you're glowing and yada, yada, yada. It wasn't like that for That's me. Not. It okay. was more like sick to my stomach the whole time. And then right before Christmas, we found out that we were having a girl. And I was absolutely beyond excited because I've always wanted to have a little girl.
2: Mm.
1: Always. And then you know, everything was pretty fine during the second trimester, third trimester, pretty basic stuff. When I went into labor, I actually was out. And my labor was a very slow, like long process. I was four days early and I was driving to my mom's house because we were going to go somewhere, I forget where. And I got this really sharp contraction to the point where I had to actually like pull over. Mm -hmm. And I ended up making it to my mom's house. And she was like, oh, this will take forever. This will take forever. And we ended up going shopping while all this was happening to me, which probably was not a very good idea. But my water never broke or anything. So I just was like, you know, I guess I'm just going to wait and see how it goes. So I was in labor all day that day. And that night I was in so much pain. I called the hospital and I had a midwife. I told her, you know, I'm in a lot of pain. I'm really uncomfortable. And she's like, well, if your water hasn't broke or if your contractions aren't at least so many minutes apart, which they weren't because I was timing them, I was watching them. Hmm. She said, you can come in, but you're probably going to be at home. So I just said, I'll wait a little longer, wait it out. And I kind of spent the night, you know, in the shower, out of the shower, because the shower was like the best. I don't right. know why, but it was great. Right. And then around probably 1130 midnight, I got up to go to the bathroom and my water broke. Okay. So I was like, oh, thank God we can go to the hospital now. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, And again, um, how many weeks along were yeah.
1: you again? I was right at the end. I was, she was four days early.
0: Okay. All right.
1: She was due the eighth and she was born the fourth. So. Okay. I woke my husband up and he was like, he's so funny. You know, I'm like, I'm in labor. I'm so uncomfortable. I'm walking around waiting to go, waiting to go. Where is he? I go in the bedroom and he's picking out what shirt he's going to wear. I was like, can you hurry up, please? Right. We got to get going. So we go to the hospital. I was five centimeters dilated and the midwife was like oh wow you really were in labor you came a long way by yourself and I was like yeah well you know I called and tried to say something but yeah. I got up to my room I had an epidural and I was much more comfortable after my epidural I actually was able to fall asleep for a few hours mm. so that was nice mm-hmm. and then I woke up it was probably like eight o'clock in the morning Eight thirty, 30 I started pushing I pushed for like an hour and a half but my daughter was facing upward when she was born. Oh, yeah. So they tell me that face-up is actually harder to push out, I guess. Yeah. So I did that. And, you know, when she came out, I didn't have that immediate, like, oh, my gosh, this is an everything is so wonderful feeling.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Just because for me, there was so much going on. And I ended up having a hemorrhage. Oh. And I lost a lot, a lot of blood. And that, like, greatly affected, like, the first few weeks home with my daughter. Our level was, like, a seven point something to the point where they almost gave me a blood transfusion. That's how much blood I lost. So, you know, I go home. I'm trying to breastfeed. That's hard in itself. Any mothers that breastfeed, I, like, tell them, I'm like, you're awesome because it is so, so hard. It really is. It's, like, the hardest thing. And if you can do it, that's great. I personally couldn't. But, you know, I say feeding your baby formula is better than not feeding them at all
0: right right so it sounds like you did try and then it was not working for what any number of reasons so you switched
1: yeah it's between like pumping and being up at night and it was painful and eventually like i did it for probably about six weeks and then i switched Mm -hmm. this podcast
0: is supported by Starglow media's mysteries about true histories from the creators of the hit top-ranking kids educational podcast in the world, Who Smarted? The Emmy-nominated Nat Geo Disney Plus's Brain Games and Netflix's Brainchild, comes Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, or math, in which kids ages six and up can hear humorous and educational stories that follow two best friends, Max and Molly, while they go on adventures through time solving puzzles, hidden equations, talking about history, and making learning cool. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. When I drive my son to school in the morning, we listen to these episodes that fit perfectly in our commute, with the episodes being about 15 minutes long. And this podcast is right up my son's alley because he loves to solve problems and happens to love math and the types of punny jokes that Max likes to tell. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods.
1: And you know, the first few weeks home were just like, my baby, she didn't sleep. And I'm like in a constant state of like, just like lost, like a lost feeling. I was up all the time with her. I would like dread every three hours. I knew she was going to wake up and I was going to have to feed her. Okay. I said, okay, now every three hours she was up again, I have to feed her. And I remember like dreading that time coming. I was like counting down until she was going to be up again. Mm -hmm. On my First appointment back to the gynecologist. My husband had come with me and he had said, you know, my wife, she's like, she's not the same. Something's off with her. And the doctor was, she asked me, she was like, well, do you want to hurt your baby? And I was like, no. And she was like, okay, then we're all set. And I was uh, like, okay, all right, wow. great. I'm just going to keep on feeling like this. That's great. Yeah. I, that was the only when I started about how you were doing? My, yes, that was it. Okay. it. Was If I wanted to hurt my baby or not. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I went home I continued to struggle I mean my mom came over one day to help me and I had like passed out on the couch my daughter was in her crib screaming and I had nipples boiling in boiling water on the stove and the water had evaporated and they were like melting in the pot and I'm like sleeping through it that's how yeah, like exhausted I
0: was yeah that's incredibly you know, I mean you must have just been totally unable to function at that point yeah
1: you, you know, like I pretty just, much was but
0: Yeah, it's so hard.
1: It is, and you know, I'm like one of those people I don't like to ask for help, so I'm kind of telling myself like, you know, no, I'm okay, I'm all right, like, I'm fine, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, Mm -hmm. and I just kept going and going and going, and I went back to work, it was like right after the 4th of July, so we're talking like maybe two months after I had her,
2: Mm.
1: which now that I think about is just beyond crazy, (laughs) I don't know how I did it all between working and bringing a baby and packing everything and making sure she had everything and going home and taking care of her, being up at night, going back to work again. Like, I honestly don't know how I did it and when I think were, about it now.
0: Were you working as an RN?
1: Yes, I was. I okay. was doing home visits.
0: All right. So are you having like the kind of standard RN shifts that are like 12 hours?
1: No, I was doing home care. So I would work like eight to four or nine to five, you know, when my visits were done for the day, I would go home. Okay. Depending on the day. Okay. So it's somewhat flexible. And you know, so you're I, totally just, exhausted. I mean, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like you're on a hamster wheel mm-hmm. and you just keep going and going and going, but you're not really getting anywhere.
2: Yeah.
1: Like everything just continues being difficult. Everything is just, it's hard. And I started to get incredibly frustrated Angry, like angry to the point where I didn't know what I was gonna do. I was so mad, right? Like rage, you know. Yes, really, really intense. I ended up reading about it at some point. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mm -hmm. yelling, anger, frustration. I mean, you know, this continued on. My daughter was like one, two years old. I remember trying to get ready to leave with her in the morning and just being like out of my mind. Like, there's so much to do when I have to be somewhere on time, and how am I gonna? And it's just like it was so much, and you know people love to blow it off. Like my friend was like, you're just getting to work in the morning. It's not hard. And I would just kind of to myself, yeah, I know. Maybe I'm blowing it out of proportion. Maybe it's me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Maybe there's mm-hmm. something wrong with me that I'm not able to handle that other people obviously can't. Right.
0: No, that's so what I'm you like, thought at that point that other people were handling yeah. it and you weren't? Yeah, Okay.
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's how what I started to think about like a lot of different things. Like, well, if this person is doing it, how come I can't do it? How come this happens to me, but it doesn't happen to them? Mm-hmm. So I believe it was before I had my second baby, I ended up just like getting really upset. I had gone to my primary care. And again, I'm telling her, I don't feel right. Something is wrong. I can't sleep at night. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. Not the trap, which is why I didn't think it was postpartum depression. I was like the opposite of it. I was, like, just angry, frustrated, like, go, go, go. My mind was always going. And, again, she was just like, you know, you're mom. You got a lot going on. Basically what she said. And I remember leaving her office and being so mad and, like, just being done with how I felt that I went and I found my own psychiatrist and my own therapist by myself. Good for you. Because no one else was willing to help me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so frustrating for you. It is. I mean, you're actively searching and looking for help. Your husband is even advocating for you and they're like, no, you're
1: good. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I ended up finding, you know, my own psychiatrist, my own therapist. I'm still with the same therapist, not with the same psychiatrist. Mm
2: -hmm. A number of reasons.
1: But come to um, being pregnant with my second baby, now like, it really started to hit the fan when I was pregnant with her. I mean, like, it all came out, the anxiety part of it.
0: If we can go back for a second, you said you went to therapy. How old was your first when you went to therapy and got a psychiatrist?
1: Oh my gosh, four. This was like... I went on like this for years.
0: Oh, my God. Okay, so four years, and that was kind of when you were at the peak of this. And I know you're still with the same therapist now and different psychiatrists, as you said, but was therapy helpful for you? Did it help you cope? Did it help you feel any better during that time? Yes. Okay, so you had a bit of recovery? Yes. Okay, and then you got pregnant. Right. Yeah, your other pregnancy. Okay.
1: All right. now, Now my other pregnancy.
0: Yeah. Okay, so now during this pregnancy,
1: what was going on for you? The pregnancy was worse than my first. I was sick, I mean, right on through, probably to like 20 or 24 weeks.
0: It's mm, a long time.
1: And yeah, during my pregnancy, we had gone on a trip. My husband's family lives in Greece, so we went to Greece for a month. So that was absolutely rough. Oh, yeah, just
2: like, Mm-hmm.
1: 10 hours on a plane, being nauseous, and just being away from home. You know, when you're sick, you kind of want to be home.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: So it was a very, very rough trip. And I kind of wonder now why we did that. Like, what were we thinking when we Mm -hmm. did that?
0: (laughs) You had a four-year-old
1: and your stepdaughter, too? Yes. She was eight at the time, yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. and then pregnant. All right. Yeah. And then I was pregnant, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that happened, too, when I was pregnant with her, which was semi-traumatizing as well. Sure. So the very tough um, pregnancy then? Yes. And towards the end, I remember being like so scared of having to go through labor again. So my doctor actually scheduled me for a C-section so I wouldn't have to do it again. Okay. Which was It was so much easier than what I went through the first time. And I had so many people telling me, why on earth would you have a C-section over a regular delivery? You're having surgery. Why would you do this? Why would you do that? And I'm so happy that I stuck with my initial decision because it was so much easier for me to yeah. heal from, to like right. bounce back from, which it was. Right. I mean, that's
0: so important that, that you stuck with what yeah. you felt like was right for you. It sounds like you were getting yeah. a lot of people trying to talk you out of your kind of sense of what you needed.
1: Yes. It was tough. Actually, my very last appointment before my C-section, I had seen like one of the last doctors in the practice. And she actually came in the room. She was the same as everybody else. She was like, you're having a face action. Why would you do that? You have a four-year-old at home. How are you going to take care of her after you have surgery? And I left in tears. Mm-hmm. And I remember calling my husband and being like, she just told me all of this. I don't know if I should do this or not. Like, Should I do it? Should I not? I mean, that a doctor made me feel like that. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, no support at all.
4: Right.
1: So I had my second daughter. My in-laws were here for two months when I had her. So that's very trying, you know, having people in your home. I was trying to breastfeed again. And it definitely was a tough time being my husband and his family there. You know what I mean?
0: Sure. Were they there to help? Yes. I mean, looking back on it now, it sounds like it was also very stressful.
1: Yeah, it is. You know, you're trying to, like, keep people happy while they're in your house. Mm. And Like you needed to take I care of them? Still, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was still, like, I was really angry, really frustrated. I, like, started throwing things when I would get really, really mad at the walls. i mm-hmm. throw things and just, like, scream, like, oh, I'm so glad I don't feel like that anymore.
0: Yeah, that's so hard because it's so intense. Yes, yeah. it was intense. Yeah.
1: So I'm trying to keep going, keep going. My in-laws left. I had a regular summer that summer. I wasn't working. I kind of just stayed home, took care of my kids. And I was with my psychiatrist. I tried Zoloft. That was like the first medicine I tried. And it like changed my life. For like two months, I was like over the moon. And I couldn't believe that like, I had lived as long as I had without being on any medication.
0: Oh, right. So how far after the birth of your
1: daughter was this? Oh, my goodness. Like a few weeks after. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was like almost right away. She was like, well, why don't we try this? So I did try it. And I think it was giving me a hard time sleeping. So I ended up coming off of it. And to make a long story short, I ended up trying like four different medications with her. And I was just getting worse and worse. Like, I just kept going downhill, downhill, downhill. Nothing was working. Mm -hmm. And I had an incident right before Thanksgiving. So, my youngest daughter, she's probably like seven or eight months old. Mm -hmm. I was in my kitchen. My husband was at work. I was washing dishes or something. And we had like this wall Mm -hmm. and it fell off of the wall. So, wine bottles and liquor bottles broke. So, my husband, he came home and This is when he like got concerned. He was like, you know, she had to call me to come home because to help her clean up because she didn't know what to do. And that afternoon, I ended up getting so upset that I developed a tremor in my right hand.
2: Mm.
1: It's the same day, like my tremor began, like when I would get upset, my hand would
2: shake incessantly
1: all by itself. Mm. I had no control over it. So my husband brought me to the doctor, brought me to my primary care because I had been seeing the psychiatrist that obviously wasn't helping. And this is another time he stood up and was like, something is wrong. We're doing this. We're doing that. But now she has this like terrible shaking hand when she gets upset. So this is when they switched me to a psychiatrist that I had actually wanted to see in the first place. Mm-hmm.
0: They told you that you didn't need to see a psychiatrist who worked with moms. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. She's still my psychiatrist today.
0: Great. You found somebody who actually helped you. What did she do for you?
1: Well, for starters, she listened and she actually not understood how I felt, but listened to how I felt. Yeah. It's
0: so simple and apparently very hard for people to do.
1: Right. Apparently. I talked to so many doctors and I have gotten nowhere. I'm so sorry.
0: So this psychiatrist did work with moms, does work with moms, and she knew how to listen. And then what what happened from there?
1: I had another episode in, it was right around Christmas time. I wouldn't call it psychosis so much, but I had woken up in the middle of the night and I thought that there was a woman running around the house. And I said that I could hear her like running around. Mm-hmm. And I was like really freaked out. I remember being upset about it. So at
0: this point, that psychiatrist that you had met with, did she find a medication that did work for you? No, I'm
1: not there yet.
0: Okay, gotcha. All right. So you met a psychiatrist who works with moms, yeah. but you guys have not found yeah. a medication that works yet. And so you're having this other episode. Right. Okay, gotcha. I'm all sped up now.
2: Um,
1: okay. At this point, when this happened, I was off all my medication because they were just trying to let me clear out of everything that I had going on before we started something else Mm -hmm. when I switched from her do you know what I mean I switched doctors and she stopped everything okay Okay. gotcha so that's another big thing that happened Mm -hmm.
0: so at this point are you pretty concerned I mean you're having this experience and it sounds like how did you feel about that experience
1: what scared me was that I knew it wasn't real but I was hearing it anyways okay that's that's what like really scared me.
0: Gotcha. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Okay.
0: So you had some sense for yourself that like something strange or, you know, new was going on.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and that was the only, that was the only time that it happened that I like heard something weird or anything like that. That was it. It was like one incident. Mm -hmm.
0: How old is your daughter at this point?
1: Still not even a year. Probably like 10 months
0: old. Okay.
1: Gotcha. So I can probably actually make my way to last summer. So my daughter had passed one. She's like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. This is when like the depression side started to hit me. Mm. Was like last May, last June. I was having a really hard time sleeping, a really hard time, I mean taking care of myself. I was showering like every three to four days. Mm. Having a hard time taking care of my kids. You know, my kids are home for the summer and I'm in bed and you know, there, downstairs eating, like living off of cereal mm-hmm. until my husband would come home.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I ended up becoming suicidal and I wanted to run away. And when I called my psychiatrist and she suggested going into a partial hospitalization program.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I did that last August, which helped tremendously. I mean, I came out like a new person.
0: Oh, great. It was, was, great. was this a partial hospitalization for perinatal moms or just a general population?
1: general population. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. So partial hospitalization is like most days going into some type of group support and medication management.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. And I was really scared, but it ended up like being one of the best decisions that I've made. It was really positive.
0: That's great. That's so nice to hear. I'm really glad that you're sharing that. And then I'm so glad that you had a good and positive experience because I think Like you said, it was like a scary thing, but it turned out to be helpful and supportive for you.
1: Yeah, it was great. I left there and, you know, I had attended so many group sessions where people actually listened to me and like they understood where I was coming from, from a depression and an anxiety side. Yeah. So it was nice to have people to relate to.
0: That's really, really good. So this whole time you didn't have like, you know, enough support. Sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I struggled for
1: a very long time.
0: Right. So you had a therapist still, yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. And then the psychiatrist that you had, you didn't find a medication that worked for you until you went to the partial hospitalization?
1: Yes. I mean, I was on a medication that I'm still taking today, but it wasn't even close to a dose that I take now. It was upped and upped and upped.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So, I mean, by the time you started to feel a little bit better, how old is your daughter? A year and a half? Yeah. And your other daughter is now five and a half. Right. It's a long time. It's a very long time to suffer. I mean, it I'm is, so sad also, for you that you reached out to help and really you didn't get what you needed. Yeah.
1: I know. I mean, that's why I want to kind of share this with everybody so that other moms know. Right. Because I didn't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I would like to get to that in just a moment, but are there any other parts of your story and your healing, like after the partial hospitalization that continue to help you feel better?
1: Yeah, I started taking more time for me. I learned that laundry and dishes can sit. Right. Um, I have a new rule after eight o'clock. Whatever's not done isn't done until tomorrow. That's like That's my rule.
0: Awesome. I love that rule. I might yeah. take that rule for myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like my favorite one, you know, countdown to eight o'clock. All right, yeah. that's it. All done.
0: Right. Good for you. Um,
1: thanks. I came out of the hospitalization program. I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety, major depressive disorder, PTSD, and panic. Hmm. So I had like a lot up against me. Yeah. That I've been continuing working through.
0: Right. And you're still working on it. You're working on it currently, yeah
1: oh yeah, I'm like a year and two months out of partial and it's a constant daily like task by task thing sometimes. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's like a big learning thing.
0: Oh, sure. I mean, it sounds like you put some really great supportive practices in place like, you know, setting your eight o'clock limit and taking more time for yourself. What else have you found that has helped you to feel better?
1: I started crocheting. So, That's actually very relaxing. I was surprised, but it is.
0: That's great. And it's
1: nice because, yeah, I like put on a movie and I just do that. And it's nice to have like a little project Mm -hmm. going on. Mm -hmm. I am going back to work actually in the next few weeks because I finally feel like I'm ready to do that. That's great.
5: If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy.
4: Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.
1: Before, I didn't want to because I was so like, my mind was so crazy. I was afraid I was going to hurt somebody. So Mm -hmm. I said, I'm going to stay away from it. But I finally feel like I could go back and be a nurse again.
0: Oh, that's nice. Sounds like you're getting back to yourself, feeling like yourself a little more. Yeah,
1: yeah. I journal a lot. I write a lot of stuff down. Like, that's been a big help for me forgetfulness was always a big problem for me I would get like lost like in the mall parking lot where did I leave my car mm-hmm. I told my husband I was like if I ever call you and I say I'm lost I'm really not kidding I really am lost
0: mm. that's when things were at their worst <laughs> you
2: were
1: just yeah you're
0: getting stuff yeah yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah at their worst I mean I couldn't go grocery shopping when I was at my worst because it's just like it's overwhelming being in the grocery store Mm-hmm. And just trying to think of what you need for the week and where it is and how much it's going to cost. And I couldn't grocery shop either. Right, There was very little things I could do.
0: Right. So the, like the overwhelm makes that kind of multitasking really difficult. It's hard, yeah. to, especially when there's a lot of noise around and a lot of things happening. It's just all overwhelming.
1: Yes, it is. Definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. You're making your way through. I mean, really, it really sounds like you were advocating for yourself to get to this point. Well, you're working so hard on it. What do you want other people to know?
1: I just want other moms to know that it's not all like rambles and butterflies like it looks like on TV. It's definitely harder than you can expect. It's important to take advice, but also to make your own decisions and know that you're making the best decision for yourself and your family. And that's all that matters is yeah. you're doing what you can.
0: Yeah, that's great and what
1: about something i've learned
0: oh sure i mean and you've had to learn (laughs) this way i mean you had to learn to advocate for yourself so unfortunately people weren't listening to you right people that you were relying on to know how to help you weren't listening
1: yes i know doctors and yeah i know
0: Mm -hmm. that's so so,
1: so, so. it's a lot to look back on and think about
0: yeah it is how do you feel looking back on it kind of talking through it right now you know how far you've come
1: I always say, like, I never realized how bad things were until they started getting better.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you said Um, that. I think a lot of people can really resonate with that. That that is a true statement of what recovery feels like.
1: Yeah. And it's great. You know, I'm able to, like, I get up now before my kids get up in the morning, which I was never able to. I was, like, dead in bed until, like, the last possible minute. Mm Mm-hmm. I get them ready for school. I bring them to school. I feel like I have like a little bit of life in me, instead of just like dragging, like dragging and like just mm-hmm. tripping everywhere throughout the day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's definitely been a big change. That's fantastic.
0: I guess if you feel like saying anything, what would you say to moms who get to that just feel like giving in?
1: I think that sometimes you don't realize what's going on and that's why it's important to at least talk to your spouse or a friend just so they kind of have an insight of what you're thinking
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, it's important to just keep going I mean if it wasn't for my kids I wouldn't have bothered Mm -hmm. staying around I would have either left or I I was suicidal so but I just kept telling myself you know your girls need you they need you to be here and that's kind of what kept me going but You've got to stick to your gut and trust yourself with how you feel. And if you don't feel right, then you don't feel right and don't let anybody else tell you different.
0: Uh, Right, right. I mean, you did. Unfortunately, those people were telling you that, like, oh, you're fine and minimizing how you feel. But it was so persistent that you kept finding out that you weren't okay. You weren't feeling okay. Right. In terms of giving hope to other people who are going through similar stuff, I think this is an incredibly great message. Of hope that you, through all of that, you did find healing and that you're still working on it. You're still healing and that this takes some time, but you're, you know, invested in it now.
1: Oh yeah. Big investment. Lots of time, lots of energy,
2: mm-hmm.
1: lots of like retraining myself. Like you have to say no sometimes. You have to tell people when you need help, you know, just yeah. all these little rules that I kind of, and it's not second nature. I've actually had to like teach myself to do these things
2: mm-hmm.
1: as I go along mm-hmm. because my second nature was the complete opposite to do
2: everything so it's definitely and, yeah
1: exactly it's definitely not like a boom you wake up one day and you're better it's a very long breath and you have good days and bad days and it's okay mm-hmm. to have a bad day it's okay if you have to stay in bed for a day yeah. that's all right yeah something else I've learned
0: <laughs> right
1: this is such a
0: real and beautiful picture of what recovery can look like just in terms of all of these things that you're describing that you know it doesn't happen overnight and you have some bad days these are incredibly important messages and I hope that people especially people who are currently struggling can hear is that even though today might feel bad tomorrow might feel different and just keep plugging at self-care and setting the boundaries and that's what it's actually like on the ground it's not easy Right. That's not easy. I sort of, if I could go back in time for you, I would wish that people listened to you right away so that you didn't have to struggle for this long.
1: Yes. Well, also, I mean, I spoke up as much as I could, but I mean, I really could have caused a few scenes and I'm kind of mad at myself that I didn't. You know, I kind of just was like, yeah, you're right. I feel like this because of that instead of actually it took that long for me to Mm -hmm. actually finally put my foot down. And that's another reason why it's taking me so long to get better was because I was four years in before I ever got any help.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Right. So the longer period of time that you're struggling, the longer it takes to to get better. Is that what it feels like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Well, it makes sense that you have that kind of feeling of being able to look back on it and wish you had done some things differently differently. And also in the moment, you know, when you're having such a hard time, sometimes you are just doing the best that you can because of your low energy or, you know, even not for me anyways, I'm thinking about my own story, like not wanting to admit that it's as bad as it is and not wanting to feel like you're weak or whatever, you know, those messages we tell ourselves. Right. Yeah. That that kind of prevents us from getting the help that we need earlier, I think.
1: Yeah. You can talk yourself right out of it.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so so hard well thank you so much for sharing your story is there anything else you'd like to share with us about your recovery or messages you'd like to give to other moms or families Um,
1: yes moms are very important in families when you're talking about postpartum depression or anxiety it doesn't just affect the mom it affects mom it affects mom and dad's relationship it affects mom and kids relationships and mom is like the heart of the house. Mm. Nothing happens without mom. I mean, if I'm sick for two days, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's which also, shambles.
0: <laughs> right. That's part of the pressure, right? It's just to keep doing everything. Yeah. So exactly, we, should be, yeah. we should be paying attention to what mom's needs are.
1: Yeah. And give yourself more credit
0: mm-hmm.
1: for everything that you do. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Thank you for that. Well, I thank you again so much for taking the time to share your story and being honest with us and just really open so that other people who are going through it can hear what it's like to go through this and what it's like to get better. Well, Thank you for letting me share it. Absolutely. Thank you again, Jessica, for sharing your story. It is really powerful to be able to hear from you and hear from other moms who have been through so much and have found their way to healing. I think there's a lot more that we can do to help people like Jessica. And what I really, really love about her message is that how powerful it is for her to just have someone listen, have someone really listen to her and how healing that was for her in addition to the other things she's now doing for herself and the support that she's getting from providers. If this story resonated for you or you or someone you know is having a hard time, there is help available. There are resources available. You can go to www.postpartum.net and look for support or care providers who are near you. Thank you so much for being with us. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Together, we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this
2: alone. Come connect with us at momandmind.com.